This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by not one, not two, not three, not even four or five, but it's brought to you by the six new products that are now available at the Full Focus store. Discover new Full Focus tools and save 10% on your entire order now through March 26th at fullfocusplanner.com slash new. Go check them out. Like the best restaurant, one of the best restaurants in Nashville has a month wait, a month. You have to book. Wait, you're waiting for your food for a month or? <laughs> no, no, that, 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 I guess that wouldn't be a great business model. I kid, I kid. But, um. Welcome to another episode of Focus on This, the most productive podcast on the internet. So you can banish distractions, get the right stuff done, and finally start loving Mondays. I'm Verbs, here with Blake Stratton and Nick Jaworski. Blake, Nick, good to see you guys. How are you? We're doing well. How are you doing? How are you both doing? Verbs, how are you? Let's, uh, let's pull back the veil. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep the veil I'm up, splendid. please. Um, Fantastic. Doing well. Yeah, it's man, you're doing great. You got some. You, you can't see this. This I, I I'm 99% sure our podcast listeners can't see us. Um, in the event they can, they see you're sporting some amazing Michael Hyatt and Company swag. You yes. got some ama- You got a great looking sweatshirt there. This is that new MH Co performance gear. Yeah, you're an MH Co athlete. Yeah, what what events like are you going to run, yes. Verbs? Uh, the Productivity Dash. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> All right, well, why are we here? What are we talking about today? Yeah, so today we are talking to those of you who work for yourself. You're your boss. Uh, you're a solopreneur. You've got, uh, or a freelancer. You're a 1099. You got... 1099s coming in all over the place this time of year. We have the advantage at Michael Hyatt and Company of working as a team, but a lot of us have actually lived a, a good portion of life uh, as a business owner, agency owner, freelancer, solopreneur. I know I have verbs. I know you have to some degree as well, right? I have, man. Back in my music days, I was a solopreneur. Yeah, I was that's a business right. man. So. Yeah, we're talking to the solopreneurs. If you're not uh, a solopreneur or freelancer, this will still apply to you. You can borrow these concepts because really what we'll be talking about is getting the double win in that context. Yeah. And Blake, I think there's a lot of people or a lot of stories that I hear. um, I get to work not as closely as you do with some of our business accelerator clients, but I'm sure you've heard a lot of stories of solopreneurs who are actually trying to capture the double win for themselves and are encountering obstacles, or there may be some for the first time where this concept is totally new and you want to learn how to, you know, what the steps are to really grab a hold of the double win for your life. And that's what we're going to help walk through today. Exactly. I've talked to enough people to know the promise of going into business for yourself, of being your own boss. There's, I don't know if there's ever been a time in history where it was easier to get started and make a decent living just working for yourself, starting your own business. And the promise is, hey, I can own my own business and call. I can call the shots. What I've encountered and what so many of our clients experience is it's not I own this business and I call the shots. It's my business owns me 
and my business calls the shots yes. because they just get and Nick, you're not in your yes. <laughs> you're not in your head. Uh, I mean, you could probably relate to this as well, Nick. I I back when I was a marketing consultant doing freelance work, it was really really challenging because you feel like I've got to do it all, and if I stop or if I wait or if I set a boundary, then you lose. You know what? There may not be the money that I need, or yeah. or there's some something's going to drop, and I've got to be responsible. And, and as a result, I would have a lot of sleepless nights because I would wake up and there was always something else to do. Um, and and I remember, you know, I remember telling my wife this. I was like, oh, you know, once we leave this job and I'm working for myself, we can take vacations whenever we want. <laughs> whenever we want. <laughs> I want you now Christmas time and my parents' house doesn't count. So outside of that, I want you to guess how many vacations we took in the three years I was freelancing. Um is it zero? So zero. It's zero. Yeah. Zero. I took less time off when I was calling the shots than when I was working for the man. You know, my version of that, because I was single at the time, I had left a career as a teacher and then I was doing podcast work, as I used to say. All I want to do, I'm laughing because it's so sad how simple it is. All I wanted to do was go see a movie during the day. I would go, God, I'm not in a classroom anymore. I run this business. I can do what I want. I'm going to go see a matinee. Ask me if I ever did it. <laughs> the height of luxury. Matinee movies are yeah. the best. I just, as an aside, if you're, we're in a pandemic now, but when it's over, if you can sneak out during the day and see, see, you know, Whatever Tom Cruise movie you want to see or whatever, do it. <laughs> All right, so today we're going to look at four specific obstacles to the double win and the solutions that you can leverage to overcome those obstacles. So Blake, help us out. Walk us through this first obstacle here. First obstacle is my clients expect me to be available around the clock. Okay, my clients I'm expect you right me now. <laughs> I have to stop you right now. So right, right away, uh, let me tell you about one of my first clients who I'm so grateful for. You know, I, I'm so grateful for. But here's what the here's his the, name rhymes with Blykel Schmiet. <laughs> Not saying any names, but so grateful for the opportunity. Uh, you know, big show, whatever. And I started off what I was offering was I can do a great edit for you. I can edit your podcast. I can make it happen quick which is a great service. People are going, I'm, I'm turning this around. But then pretty quickly, that meant that this client was sometimes recording their show at 1030 at night on the West Coast, which is 1230 oh, wow. a.m. Yeah. where I was. And then the show has to go live at like 5 a.m. my time. So I'm staying up to get audio at 1230, not getting done till 230 or 3. And I did that for like a year and a half. Because I spent the whole time going, I'm just so thankful for this. Which, you know, may maybe I, maybe it was good, maybe it wasn't. But, I mean, it really, I, at no point, it took so much effort for me to, to say I can't do this anymore. It, it's easy, it's it's shocking how quickly we just accept what is what we're given and say, this is my life now. And Nick, how many, I mean, how many clients were you working with at the time? And how did, how did that impact all your other work that you had to get done? So, I don't remember the amount of, amount of clients, but... You know, I started to plan around my late nights. 
um, which was helpful, but so dysfunctional. So I'm always tired. I got, I'm, I'm waking up at a normal time having to do that work. So really, it really sapped out all the energy, but you, I think what Blake had said before, you spend it, you're going, I oh, just want to get through this, <laughs> right? I'll make it through this. And then it'll be this other magical thing across the border over there in perfect land. And um, I know I'm not alone. I'm sure we've all do this. In fact, I'm sure we all do this to some extent today. Do you guys mm -hmm. fall into these traps at all? I know you guys are experts in the double win, but sometimes things happen. <laughs> what I've learned is that uh, I, I do experience this occasionally from uh, some of our clients or or even um, occasionally from from even within a team context, you can experience this. But how your clients are treating you, I think what's helpful for me to realize uh, is it's really just a mirror. It's a mirror of how you are leading a client. So mm -hmm. I, I think I heard uh, first heard this concept from Jay Abraham, uh, just that clients are people that are under your care. Like as long as they're your client, they're under your care and and your your protection. Like that's how you to need to see them. And if you think about that, like, okay, I need to, if a client is expecting you to be available around the clock, a lot of times, or at least my first thought when I experienced that was this guy doesn't get it, or this is, this client's unreasonable, or you know what, my next client's going to be better mm -hmm. than this experience. But those experiences are just mirrors of the type of leader you are as, as someone that's has someone under their care. So the solution is to set boundaries at the start of the agreement. And, and you can actually even set boundaries before the agreement happens because you tend to teach people how to treat you. So this kind of sounds backward, you know, but like if in the sales process, no, that's good. they're texting you at 1030 at night and then you're jumping on and texting them right back, they're going to expect that regardless of whatever the agreement says, because that's how you taught them how to treat you. So recognize that you're teaching your clients all the time how to treat you, whether you say it explicitly or not. And you've got you've to decide beforehand, what are my boundaries? <laughs> you can't really express boundaries to the client if you haven't expressed them to yourself first, right? For me, for example, one of the big changes was do not text me unless there is a show that needs to be up and is not, or um, you're recording actively and cannot figure it out. So really, basically, those are the only times I hear from clients. Otherwise, they're in an email, and I get back to them in a reasonable time. And I was scared to do that because I thought that what I was offering them was availability and closeness and attention, but what they – which is true, but what they also were paying for was expertise and a professional. And when you set those boundaries and, and give them clear directions, I think people see them differently than we see ourselves. We feel like, I feel like I'm a baby. Like, don't do this, blah, blah, blah. But they see it as, oh, yeah, this is a grown man who's got stuff to do, who I trust with all this stuff. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to honor that. It really has never been an issue, not once, but it's really easy to find yourself being overburdened by these clients. You may have to put on your flippies and do a little scuba for this part and go deep to think about what's my vision for this? How would I ideally like to work? And not just what's my vision for this quarter of this year, but what's my vision for the future and the long term? And 
I would say to the degree you are familiar with and excited about mm-hmm. and clear on that vision, it makes decision-making and difficult conversations with one client easier. If I'm ever, I still do this. I work as, with a team. If I ever have to have a hard conversation with one of our clients, if I ever need to call on a prospect and you know, suggest something or have a, a challenging conversation to bring them to the point of a decision, I'll usually pause and reconnect with my actual vision to put mm-hmm. the severity of this problem in perspective. Because if I don't start acting like the person that can achieve that vision, then I just will never achieve it. So th- that to me makes it easier because, hey, some of your clients might get bent out of shape. There's some mm-hmm. clients you have now that you won't have in six months because they don't want to cooperate with that. They want to eat McDonald's and they value speed and it's okay if it's crappy. Like for Nick, like you're working with someone that's trying to build a, a better podcast. Say, you know what? I think this podcast, if we dial this in and really go for it, you can reach 10x the audience you have right now. And if you partner with me, that's the result I want to go for. Now, the people who are getting 10x the downloads that you are have this quality of show. So let me tell you some boundaries that I need to be able to deliver that level of quality to you, right? Yeah. But incorporate them in that vision. There's, there, there's a vacuum when there's a no or where there's a loss in relationship with the client. But if you're clear on who you're going after, what you want, and you're always upgrading your quality of service, that vacuum is going to get filled and it's going to make your life better. So obstacle number two is it's hard to motivate. (laughs) I'm pre upset about this. So I'm already upset about number two. You haven't even said (laughs) you are. I, I have a me, I can have a mean guy answer to this, but I like what Hannah is better. Okay. So uh, what what are you upset about it for? I'm just emotionally upset. Not because it's a real problem. This is the number one problem people talk about. I think really? Yes. Oh gosh. Well, I, I really so, okay. Mean guy, I answered. No, 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 no. <laughs> this might even all be in the show. Verbs. Yeah. What? No, I think it's. Good. I think it's. What's I think it's worth. Two? I think it's worth just mentioning the obstacle number two <laughs> is it's hard to vote. It's hard to motivate myself when it's just me. Yeah. So Nick, release your feelings. Now, I to me, I will say every time that I meet somebody and they go, "What do you do?" and I say, "I own this company and I do this stuff." Not every time, but the vast majority, they'll go, okay, what's a podcast? That's a huge part of it. Then they'll what's go, a podcast? they'll go, what's a podcast again? Then they'll go, man, I could never do that because I would never get anything done. And, and that is a problem. And I have struggled with that as well. And so I have solutions, but it sounds like Blake maybe has a, a faster solution than my more. <laughs> no, I diagnostics. No, no, no. This is. <laughs> This is a happy show. I don't need to bring <laughs> any tough Look, love. Look, sometimes not... people need tough love. Okay. Sometimes, what, well, what is it? I'll, I'll, I can reframe this. I can reframe this. And I'll connect it to the same scuba activity we did last time, which is a lack of motivation is almost always connected to a lack of clarity. Mm. Mm. A lack of motivation is almost always connected to a lack of clarity. And what I will say, and I think I heard... It was probably like Elon Musk or Gary Vee or, or someone like that who's fine being blunt. Um, but you got to get that fixed. If, you're, if you want to be successful and also be a leader, like 
if you need if you need to get motivate yourself to get moving um something's wrong uh is the gentle way you can interpret yeah. how either of those guys may have said that um but so you know the same scoop i won't rehash what i said in, shared in the last obstacle i do think getting clarity and having you know we talk about uh, smarter goals and one of those is an e like if you know if your goal is exciting enough because and if it's clear enough because you're motivated to do it if you're consistently not motivated something's you know something it's you don't have a discipline problem you've got a vision problem or you got a clarity problem so is what sometimes, i would say i i think that's 100 correct i don't think that's controversial at all but okay. there's all kinds of reasons that people don't they get in their own way related to doing the things they need to do One sure it could be that they're nervous about doing it wrong or they're like scared you know uh you know sometimes uh, i'll have to do i'll promise a product and i'll go i think i can do this <laughs> like i feel really good about this and then when i'm starting i go oh my gosh this just takes more time or i really need to do more research on this or or whatever and then suddenly it takes me four times as long to do it um or you know, uh, emotionally, there's all kinds of reasons why somebody may not start that don't necessarily connect to just that you're lazy, although we tell ourselves that. But I think the idea of vision, I think people go, for me, it was like, okay, own a podcasting business. That was the vision. But that's not, that's incomplete, right? right. The the vision involves own a business and be able to enjoy life or whatever, however you want to to stretch that out because if you just put the business part, then you're up at 1230, then you're, you're spending four hours delaying work that you just have to do. Um, I don't know verbs. I'm sure you can relate. Everyone can relate to this. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, maybe Blake yeah. can't, but I think, <laughs> <laughs> but right. Well, we all, if not, he needs to get that fixed. To get to work. Yeah. No, I mean, I think, well, I'll say even with any kind of creative work, I would say that you, you feel like, whatever the last thing that you worked on that did well or was well produced, like you want to keep coming up with ideas, at least at that level or yeah. some that can supersede that. So and sometimes it can be daunting. So you figure, well, hey, let me distract myself or try to drum up some inspiration by doing other things that you, because you don't feel motivated in the moment, but that's more, you know, kind of project and task oriented more so than, oh man, I've created this business and now I don't want to run it or at least I don't want to run it by myself. You know, what do I do? That's a little bit more, that's a harder obstacle to, to overcome if, if you can't get it fixed. Let's talk about a very practical way to help this. Cause I, I, I can't empathize with this. I know I'm maybe showing a little tude about it, but I do think that it's, it is a real thing. And even for me, I, Verbs, you just said that now I remember just, especially with creative projects, this is tough. I think this is great if it's motivation or if there's a sticking point or a rut at all. If it's creative work, if it's business work, it's very helpful for if you're a solo business or if the business really falls on your shoulders to start co-working in some capacity, start collaborating in some capacity. Um, if that's informal, like you've got, uh, I mean, I can think of uh, my two most successful independent agency owner friends have a very close knit group of other business owners mm -hmm. and they're always connecting, you know, if it's zoom, if it's going on a trip and it's like, wow, like that has absolutely helped them. You know, there's, yeah. you know, before I, I think they're starting to open up now, but you know, co-working spaces 
can be helpful for that. I, I think the visual cue of seeing other people. And another example of that, and I know I've talked about it on at least other Michael Hyatt podcasts before, but I just do think it has real value, especially during a pandemic. I was on it today. There's a platform called Focusmate, which is essentially, it's a stranger across the internet that you sign up for a time and you tell them for the next 50 minutes, I'm writing these three emails and I'm going to be 10 minutes into this other thing. And then they say, I'm going to do X, Y, Z. And then 50 minutes later, you check in with each other and you say, how did it go? And that accountability to somebody else, even if you don't know them and never see them mm -hmm. again, is so powerful. And every time that I find myself like really dragging, I just do a focus mate because it also forces me to say what I need to do. Even that action yeah. alone <laughs> to go, what am I, what, what do I need to do right now? Uh, and so I really recommend Focusmate uh, for that kind of thing. So that's obstacle number two. It's hard to motivate myself when it's just me. Obstacle number three, I'm doing everything. There's just not enough time in the workday. I'm doing it all, Blake. <laughs> There's only 24 hours in the day. Yeah, this is... This is, I mean, I talk to people all the time where this is how they feel and they just, their to-do list really is never ending uh, because they are doing the delivery, but they're also doing the marketing and sales. Mm -hmm. And there's always new customers, new clients out there to be acquired. So truly your to-do list could be never ending between trying to get a new client, trying to deliver for the current client and trying to make sure you're paying your taxes you know, and, and all that operational stuff too. So we talk about a strategy uh, in our free to focus course. And I'll, I'll mention it here because I think it's really helpful yeah. where you are doing one of three things, eliminating, automating, or delegating tasks. So we actually did an episode uh, where we, we talked about this episode 78 about how to trim down your to-do list. And uh, we'll give you one other strategy for this obstacle, but the first thing I would say for a solopreneur, just from my own experience, I remember I, like the, one of the first sales I made, I was doing like, I was doing copywriting for an email funnel. I was doing the strategy for it. Um, and then I was writing sales pages and doing all this. I was doing a million things. And I thought the more stuff I offer my client, the higher they will value me. Mm -hmm. And what I learned was when I narrowed the focus of my client offering, one, it was easier to get clients because it was simpler to understand what I did specifically. And two, I would charge, I would be able to charge more because the result was clearer, easier to understand. And I was more of a specialist. You know, you're going to spend, you know, more for the specialty than you do the generalist. And so I would, you know, with that eliminate, automate, delegate, obviously automation, there's software, stuff like that, delegation. We'll talk about that uh, later this episode, but start with elimination and look at your offering and go, okay, what would happen? You know, what among the things that I offer my clients mm -hmm. is really drives the result that they pay big money for and then see if you can't eliminate the rest. So yeah. I, that's kind of a, a preemptive, that's obviously not something you can do necessarily in an afternoon, but I would start there because that that will help. Another level of eliminating and, and, and automating and delegating, there, there's this, 
it's so simple <laughs> and I don't always do it. For example, my email box is a thing that causes me nothing but grief. Uh, we talked about it. We're, we're going to talk about delegating here in a second, but I basically hired someone to manage my email because I just couldn't do it anymore. Just, it was causing too much stress and, but I still have to go in there. I still have to do all that work. And so I just had to tell myself, I'm only checking emails at these times and I'm doing it all at one time. And then I'm not thinking about it for the next four hours. Someone else is going to check it. They're going to manage mm -hmm. it. If there's an explosion, they'll tell me, but even simple things like that and batching the work that is emotionally wrought for you. And I know that email for a lot of people isn't, but it is for me. So being able to batch that and then to do the stuff that you can kind of coast on or really focus on in longer chunks without having to stop every 20 minutes because there's a new email, like that kind of thing allows you some momentum to, to get through the day and not feel like you're exhausted. Yeah. And I think that's critical. What you just said about batching the task is figuring out what tasks that you need the most energy for and what part of the day you're going to do those tasks. Cause otherwise if you wait, you know, to the end of your work day to do the most draining task, then chances are it's not going to get done. And once again, it gets pushed back into another day. So understanding what type of energy you need for which tasks that you're going to batch together is, is paramount to be able to, to get this, get this going in a way that's going to be beneficial to you. And I would say for what it's worth, I don't know how you both feel, but doing that thing first is almost always the way to go. Whatever that, yeah. those things that are going to cause you, that's like batching the emotional labor. If you're doing that at 9 a.m., you're going to have a better day than if you do it at 4 p.m. <laughs> uh, I'll uh, piggyback on that and say our tool, the ideal week, is helpful mm -hmm. for scheduling out when you can bash things. For a solopreneur, I would actually say expand the ideal week to an ideal month and use mega batching for certain activities. And when I say that, I mean you're reserving full days for a category of activity or even multiple days. So for example, if you are literally, you know, I'm doing marketing, I'm doing sales, I'm doing delivery, I'm doing operations, I'm doing accounting, I'm doing it all for my little business. I would strongly encourage you to uh, not dip into marketing every time you're scrolling Instagram and you see an ad, oh, that's a good market. Why don't I do that with my Instagram? Well, let me look at that for 15 minutes. I would actually batch when it comes to marketing and the strategy you'll need to succeed so often it's the solution we think of after three hours of really digging into stuff yeah. or the stuff that really will move the needle from a marketing perspective takes time and as long as we've got client interruptions and these other things to do we'll always short circuit our marketing process so i would encourage you try mega batching a full day like hey i'm taking the first and second of every month and all i'm gonna i'm blocking off that day not taking sales calls client meetings anything I'm doing a deep dive in marketing and I'm just reviewing my marketing, doing an after action review, planning, you know, if I have to create content, I'm writing the four blog posts I want to write for this month on that day, whatever that is, marketing, content creation, use batching because mm -hmm. one, it'll make that activity much more successful because you'll have sustained focus. And two, it'll give you that peace of mind to go, you know what? I've got time set aside later to do that. I don't need to worry about it right now. So that's obstacle number three. I'm doing everything and there's not enough time in the workday. Taking us to obstacle number four, and a lot of people say this, even if it's just in their head. Obstacle number four, 
I can't delegate it. I don't have anyone else working for me. The, the, the idea here is like what I do for a living and probably what a lot of people do is that I am the recipient of people who have decided to delegate, right? So for example, my website on the front page says podcasting is not rocket science because it's not, but it is time consuming. You have to learn a, but you have to learn like 10 skills really well <laughs> and apply them. And so if you're a busy business person, then you don't have time for that. So having someone else take out that, you know, two, three hours a week that you were going to devote to that, which you don't like to do. You don't like to hear your own voice. You don't like to, whatever it is, however much money you're spending on that service, you know, how much are you getting in return in terms of, of energy and actual time to get another client or, or whatever. And then for me, as I said before, there is a freelancer for everything out there. And so to be just as you encounter the stuff that either never gets done, or if they do get done, you don't like it. Uh, you don't like the outcome. You don't like doing it and going, you know, there's someone out there who will do this and, and not, I'm not burdening them. In fact, I'm creating opportunities for people sure. and I'm going to have more time to do the other stuff. I think it's, it's a hurdle to get over emotionally. I remember it very, very well, but I, I, one time Michael Hyatt had said like he'd always made more money when he hired someone else to do something. And that really stuck with me, right? Because it's freeing you up to do the stuff that you and only you can do. I can attest to the fact that, um, so I do a lot of asset production, especially as it pertains to business accelerator. So that's creating workbooks and that sort of thing. Um, but there's this one step in creating a workbook that, uh, <laughs> that our clients love. And it's the feature of just having a fillable, you know, workbook, a digital version of the workbook. You can type in, download it and type in, you know, whatever content you want to capture, but just the process of creating that is, 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 I mean, it's, um, I won't say it's the bane of my existence, but it's close. <laughs> it's that one thing at the end of the day, <laughs> right? Like, cause it's each, every single box, every single field has to be yeah, I'm, for and made into an interactive piece. I'm like so physically recently, mad about it right now and I don't have to do it. <laughs> but, um, so we brought that concern to the team and they were like, Hey, you know, this might be something we just need to figure out a freelancer who, who actually does that, which there are people that specialize in creating interactive PDF documents and love to do it. And if I can explain to you the amount of years, and hair that I got back just from being able to take that that task and, and moving it on to someone else who would appreciate it even more so was was glorious. I'm picturing your kids running in the room and like sobbing because they haven't seen their dad in like four years. And it's like you're going to love again. <laughs> One more field. One more checkbox. We need a radial right here. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I was freelancing. I didn't really think of this, first of all, because in my head, I thought two things. I can't afford to have someone do this for me. And two, um, uh, I guess the flip side of that coin, I'll save money if I just do it myself. Yeah. And if I could go back in time, I would have um, not just said, no, Blake, you can't afford it. What I would have said, because I don't know if I could have, honestly, back then, mm -hmm. but that's the problem. I never clarified the cost in either side of that coin. So That's look good. at the one side of the coin. First, clarify. If you feel like you can't afford it, you're like, well, I can't afford to do it. I'll ask you, how much does it cost? And most people will be like, well, I don't know. I can't afford it. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, you will never afford it 
without first knowing how much it costs. And so I would do two things. First of all, calculate your hourly rate. So just think about how much went into your bank account. Divide that by, you know, 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours, however much you're working. And that's <laughs> rocket science. Okay, that's your hourly rate. Then figure out how uh, much time you spend doing that task. Now, that's how much that's, that's the current cost. Now, that doesn't include the opportunity cost, right? Because you could be making sales or you could be doing higher leverage work, right? But just look at the opportunity cost. That's what it is. Then look at how much it would cost to hire some to do that. And I'll just tell you right now, if you hire a specialist, a freelancer to do that task for you that you need to outsource, it's probably going to take them half as much time as it takes you. So calculate the cost and maybe you're, maybe you truly can't afford it yet. But what I can guarantee you, there's magic to this. When you clarify the target, it makes it easier to get to the target. Like you end up getting there mm -hmm. faster. It's some sort of magic with goal setting or that level of awareness of like, oh, okay, cool. So now I know the number per hour, quote unquote, that I need to hit until it's literally financially irresponsible for me to not outsource this. So get that level of clarity if you haven't already. That'll help you with the whole, I can't afford this delegation obstacle. You know, I wish I had done this back in the day. I, that whole laying it all out, calculating the cost and baby stepping your way into that, I learned from Michael. And Michael worked with the, the good folks at Belay. Belay is a company full of vetted, high quality freelancers and assistants helping people outsource easily. And the best part about it is that the buy-in is low and the risk is also low because they do all the hard work of trying to find the right person to help mm -hmm. you with that task. And so I know that, you know, that was really, <laughs> in some ways, the beginning of Michael Hyatt and company was Michael taking that first step and working with Belay. So if you don't know where to begin with this, I mean, who knows? I mean, I know our company has grown so fast since Michael first took that step when he was a solopreneur. So just imagine, you know, if you're willing to take that step where you could be in five years or eight years or 10 years, uh, if you don't know where to begin with the outsourcing thing, look up Belay, belaysolutions.com. Check them out if you need a starting point with outsourcing your lower leverage work. So the good news is you don't have to feel like your business is running your life. By leveraging the power of boundaries, co-working, batching, and outsourcing, you can add time back to your week without costing your business. Nick, Blake, do you have any final thoughts that we could share with our focus on this listeners? Well, I'll just say that as somebody who still is a work in progress on this front and trying to understand the balance between work and a business that I own and a life that I'm trying to live, that it really just does come with being intentional about what is possible. And so, you know, for me, one of those things was saying every Wednesday is like a deep thinking day. And then setting that goal and telling my assistant and making it happen. And so that is immensely helpful. So there's, you just have to set a goal. I think Blake said it really well. You, you sort of set a goal slash intention and then you work towards it. And, and over time, you'll see this is way easier than it used to be. But it's never going to just happen on its own. So just start with something we've said today and you'll, you'll feel better. Beautiful. 
So thanks for joining us on Focus on This. This is the most productive podcast on the internet. So please share it with your friends. Remember the hashtag Focus on This Podcast. And we'll be here next week with another great episode. Until then, stay focused. 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 <laughs> I said focused. 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 This episode of Focus on This is brought to you by not one, not two, not three, not even four or five, but it's brought to you by the six new products that are now available at the Full Focus store. Discover new Full Focus tools and save 10% on your entire order now through March 26th at fullfocusplanner.com slash new. Go check them out.